KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Koop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. I want to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature, the show that we designed to connect you, our listeners, to our pastors and churches in the area that are making a difference in our world and in our community. If you do not have a church that you call home, our prayer is that the Lord would use this program to help you find what you're looking for. And for the next half hour, I have the privilege of sitting in the studio here with Pastor Ruben Duarte of the Life Center, and uh, he's a good friend and a great pastor, and we want to welcome you to the studio today, Pastor Ruben. Thank you for having me. It's I'm still enjoying the scenery on this 12th floor overlooking San Antonio. Yes, it's beautiful. And it's a great place to pray over the city, too. It is. Well, Pastor, we want to hear all about what you're doing here in the city and what's going on at the Life Center. But before we do that, can you take a few minutes and just tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, your family and introduce us to the man, Ruben Duarte? <laughs> well, I... Uh... I was born in Laredo, Texas. My wife, Lamar, is also from Laredo. And we have one daughter who's now 20 years old, and her name is Gabriela, uh, a power musician, as you probably already know. Oh, yeah. You've experienced some of her, her musical talents. She plays a mean guitar. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we were born and raised in Laredo, and uh, before we even met each other, I kind of we went in different directions. I was pursuing... Uh, trying to become a famous musician, famous songwriter, recording artist. So I headed off to California and uh, spent some time there. And my wife was uh, still living in Laredo, but mm-hmm. uh, she decided that she was it was time for her to move. So we began to court and get to know each other, and uh, eventually we got married. She was in California with me. And then eventually the Lord, by some amazing turn of events, just brought us back to San Antonio. Uh, it was in that process where I ended up being born again, giving my life to the Lord. And uh, and uh, in the San Antonio area, I began to just develop music ministry, mm-hmm. whereas before, music was not a ministry. Music was an obsession. Right. Yeah, I think uh, any young person can relate with uh, music being an That's obsession. Right. Well, um, tell us more about that. You know, I, I, you know, you and I are friends. We, we know a, a lot about each other, but a lot of people out there may not know about uh, where you've been. And can you tell us a little bit about that journey? I know a lot of people struggle with the call of God, mm-hmm. even salvation. And can you kind of introduce us a little bit to, to your uh, season where you were on that journey? Sure. Looking for fame or, mm-hmm. or that music that... Uh, you moved to Hollywood. Right. You, were, you were there for a while and uh, struggling with faith and commitment with God mm-hmm. and all of those things. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and speak to yeah. people out there that may be in that position? Absolutely. Uh, at the time, Micah, I was not really connected spiritually with God. I had been raised in, in a mainstream denomination. But by that point, when I left Laredo, uh, I was bent on becoming famous and, right. and and single visioned about it and so uh my faith in god really was as much in the back burner as it could be mm-hmm. and so interestingly enough the lord knew where he could catch me and right. i guess 
it took that journey to to Hollywood to to catch up with me. But it was there where I began to really pull every string I ever knew mm-hmm. to to get the right contacts in the music industry. Right. To to I even got myself a job in CBS Records, even at in the production part, mm-hmm. doing uh, tape copies right. for the pr- for the song publishing company. Wow. Just hoping that I could get the right connections, right. and one thing would lead to another. Someone would walk in and yeah. discover your talent, right? If mm-hmm. you ever seen uh, those uh, cartoons where there's a a horse-drawn carriage, mm-hmm. and, and then the the one that's riding the, or leading the horse has a carrot hanging right. in front of the horse, right. uh, and the horse frustratingly keeps reaching <laughs> for the carrot but never catches up, but he keeps moving. Yeah. And that's what I felt like, Mike. I felt like I was so close to reaching mm. the carrot of fame and fortune, but it seemed like it would always elude me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was a very frustrating journey. But yet, I knew that that was my commitment. Right. When I came into relationship with my girlfriend, who eventually became my wife, mm-hmm. she came into a relationship, a personal relationship with God Almighty, mm-hmm. beyond the denomination that she and right. I were both raised in. Right. And when she began to talk to me about God in those terms, it was then that I began to realize there was more to my life than just music. Mm. And so, uh, I came to the point where I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And Micah, it was as though I had given God permission to shift everything under me, wow. under my, every, my foundations. Because every contact, every opportunistic moment that I had ever designed for myself began to melt under my feet. And I began to realize that now I, I was, my priorities were shifting. Mm-hmm. And so God really dealt with my heart and, and uh, I began to realize that that music was a lot different from God's scope than from mine. Right. God's right. God's not interested in the top 100 hits, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, who's uh, who's got the the latest single and the hottest recordings mm-hmm. out there. Music the way God created it and intended it was just a tool that is part of our being right. so that we can connect with him through worship. Absolutely. So when he began to give me that kind of a revelation mm-hmm. of worship, it it just changed the paradigm of who I was. Right. And in doing so, he had to kind of break me down to build me up again. You know, and, and I think something that you're saying is so important that I think a lot of believers miss today. And that is, I, I think we believe in God. You know, we love God. You know, we love the idea of God. But there is that next level where true faith in Christianity believes right. Uh, where we move into a place where we surrender to mm-hmm. God. And, and there's a literal process of making him Lord yes. that I think a lot of people don't understand. Why, why don't you uh, speak a little bit more to that? You, you talked about how exactly. there was that breaking and there was that yeah. commitment happening. Can, can you explain sure. a little bit further on you that? You know, when, when, when I was still in this process and my wife, who at the time was still my girlfriend, but she was already born again, had Jesus in her heart, she began to see this this tug of war that I had in my life. Right. So the more she shared with me about the Lord Jesus Christ, the more I realized, God, I, I've got to do something about this, right. you know. And, and she was going through issues where things were kind of breaking down on her end. And she, mm-hmm. said, she said to me, Michael, one day, Reuben, if one more thing happens to me here in California, I'm moving back to Texas. Right. At that point, I said to her, uh, well, you just tell me what I need to do. I mean, what do I have to do to help you? <laughs> I, I need to help you. What do right. I do? 
And she said this to me, and it changed my life. She said, two in the Lord are stronger than one. I said, okay, then whatever it takes, then that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. So she led me through a very simple prayer right. that, that just totally revolutionized my life. I opened my heart to the Lord. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. I invited him to be my Lord and Savior. And from that moment on, it's like something dynamically shifted in my heart and in my soul and in my priorities towards everything I ever lived for. That's amazing. You know, there's such a clash of our culture today in what we're talking about here. There's there's such a demand for a me-first mentality. And, you know, I have to take care of myself and I have to get mine. And there, there's all of this clash here that you experienced mm-hmm. um, being on the front lines there in Hollywood. Uh, so many people that we see today that are in the spotlight, they, their lives are falling apart. Exactly. You know? And it's, it, it, maybe it goes back to some of that me first mentality. Maybe mm-hmm. it goes back to some of that, um, lack of being able to give everything to God. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone out there that, uh, maybe they're fighting that they're fighting, mm-hmm. understanding what it means to surrender to God. And, and they have this constant, self-absorption going on what would you say to someone like that that would maybe sit in your office and say Mm -hmm. i don't know what's going wrong in my life you know michael i remember when i was working at cbs uh, i was working in the songwriting division so song writers would come every day with their new songs for the publishing company and there was one in particular he was a young man that was very talented and he had all these songs in his catalog Mm. but he didn't have any hits and finally one day a famous recording artist decided that they want to do one of his songs. Mm. And so finally, it's like he got that carrot. Yeah. And I remember he walked into my office one day and he said, finally, finally, he said, it has happened. I sh-, he, said th- he said it this way, I should have happened years ago. Mm. You know, it, it didn't stick with me then, but now after I've come into a relationship with God— I realize that that, wow. is, that is the dilemma of humanity. Mm. Humanity has, has the concept that we and our talents should have happened years ago. Wow. And, and really, when we come to the Lord, we come to realize that it's not we and our talents. Mm-hmm. It's this, these gifts that God gives us so that we can live and honor him with them yeah. and for his honor and glory. Mm-hmm. And so all of, all of those dreams that in our bucket that yeah. we have towards self-absorption have to just be, that bucket has to be turned over and emptied out in the very altar of God so that we can say, Lord, here's my talents. Here's Mm -hmm. my giftings. I remember one time I was at a retreat uh, and and this pastor was talking about Simon Peter, how he had denied Jesus. And even after Jesus had been crucified, he appeared before the disciples mm-hmm. and, and he was talking to them. And Peter, by this point, felt pretty bad because he sure. realized he had blown it, yeah. like he blew yeah. it so many times. And so when Jesus approached him, he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? In mm-hmm. other words, do you love me more than this profession you have as a right. fisherman, right. more than these men that hang out with you doing mm-hmm. what you love to do? Sure. Do you love me more than these? And he felt so inadequate. Mm. And that was his crushing moment where Jesus transformed him from a fisherman mm. into a fisher of men. That's good. When I received that teaching that day at that retreat, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me 
in my spirit and said, Reuben, do you love me more than music? Mm. And, and just inside, I just began to melt mm. because I realized he was just getting my number. And wow. so I just began to melt, and I said, Lord, yes, Lord, I love you more than music. And I remember him dialoguing spirit to spirit with me and saying, I don't need your music. I don't need your talents. I don't need your giftings for you to serve me. Right. All I need is you. Right. And at that point, I, I was just so broken. And I said to the Lord that day at that retreat, Lord, if I never write another song, I'm going to serve you. Right. I'm just going to serve you and live for you. And Micah, it was like I gave the Lord permission to mm-hmm. begin to close every door of opportunity that I had ever opened. Right. It was a very humbling season of my life mm-hmm. along the journey, but it turned my life around. The Lord brought us back to Texas, back to San Antonio, and, uh, and eventually it, would, it didn't take that long before the Lord just bef- deposited me in, in ministry. But now it wasn't music ministry right. anymore. It was worship ministry unto him. Right. So talk about that a little bit. Talk about when did you know this is what you were supposed to do and and how did the Lord reveal this to you? And, you know, I think a lot of people uh, that are true believers and and really seeking the Lord, they always struggle with this, I guess, this line between ministry and a profession Mm -hmm. and and, uh, a call to a specific type of ministry. Mm -hmm. And how did you sort through all of that? And when did you hear the voice of the Lord calling you to that? And how did he work all this out for you? It was early on in my journey back to San Antonio. I was involved in a local church, and because they discovered I could sing, there was there was a group in the church, very dynamic singers that did beautiful harmonies called the Sounds of Praise, and they invited me to audition for them, and, and quickly they invited me to be on the group. Mm-hmm. So I began to be in that group, and we, we would sing the soundtracks every Sunday morning. Uh, they would put us up there, and sometimes we sang the same songs over and over, you know, <laughs> and the people clapped like they had never heard them. And so we were quite the, the heroes of the church, you know. Right, right. And so some of that old music ego in me began to rise up again. But then the, the leader of our group had a revelation. She read a book called The Rebirth of Music, by a worship evangelist named Lamar Boschman. And when she read that book, it, it revolutionized her heart, mm-hmm. and she was so taken by it that she made it required reading for every one of us in the group. Yeah. And when I read that book, I realized what God's intent for music was and mm-hmm. the journey of how the Lord had taken music, how the enemy, how Lucifer had distorted that sure. m- along with everything else he distorts. Yeah. And so... The the group leader invited Lamar Boschman to come to our church, and mm-hmm. he he brought a little worship seminar to us, and that seminar just undid me. I mm-hmm. mean, if there was any melting left to do on the candle <laughs> of my heart, God did it there, right. and I was just totally broken before the Lord. And Micah, it was right there where I realized that's what my calling was. Right. It was to it was to find God's heart in worship, and 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 help to. Uh, facilitate that to the body of Christ, to God's people, so that they also could connect intimately mm-hmm. and passionately with God. That's very good. You know, we're, we're talking about all of this surrender. We're talking about the different uh, breakings that the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, people out there listening, they may not know you. They may not uh, understand you. You're a friend of mine. 
And uh, I have to be just completely honest and say there is a genuineness mm. in you that is so rare mm. in the body of Christ wow. that is so refreshing. You know, when I hear you worship, when I hear you speak, when I hear you talk, there's you have such an authenticity in mm. in your spirit. And maybe it's because other people have not experienced that mm. level of brokenness and that level of surrender. But what what do you think as believers we need to do to represent to a hurting and a dying world the authenticity of Christ? Because I see it in you, mm-hmm. and I don't see it in a lot of believers. You know, um, what, what do you think we need to do to continue to develop that? Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think the key or a key is transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times we minister out of our giftings. We minister out of our yeah. strengths. Uh, we are afraid to minister out of our vulnerabilities and our transparency because if people see the the pockmarks and the, yeah. the pimples and the warts in our lives, sure. they may see us as weak. But God has always used the weak to confound the wise. That's right. And so uh, I guess I learned that maybe by... By hit and miss, but I realized <laughs> that the more transparent I was in sharing the genuineness of who I was in my mm-hmm. weaknesses and in my stumblings and bumblings and prideful moments and seasons of life, the more I did that, the more people were able to lean closer yeah. and identify with not just with me, but with who my God was. Right, right. So, you know, you mentioned you guys moved back to Texas. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about the ministry now. Mm-hmm. And when when you come to the San Antonio and Austin area, having been in California, having been in South Texas, having been in these different areas that you were involved in, even up in Dallas, I know we haven't talked about that, but I know you were up in Dallas for right. a while. But what what do you see that is significant about our community in the San, Ant- San Antonio, Austin um, area here, mm-hmm. you know, the surrounding areas that it seems like the Lord really has his hand on this area. And right. what, what would you say to that? I mean, what, what is significant about our region here? I really believe, Micah, that there is, there is a prophetic vein that runs, uh, if I could say it this way, I know it's not limited to it, but that runs through IH-35, that corridor that includes mm-hmm. San Antonio, even Laredo, mm-hmm. on up through Austin and, and all the way up through through the United States. Mm-hmm. But there, there is a strong dynamic that for whatever reasons God is pleased to do so, maybe he, he looks for what we've been talking about in a community, yes. that humility, that, that willingness to be used of God. And for whatever reasons, God has seen it in San Antonio. That's not to say that San Antonio is perfect like Aust- or Austin or Dallas or anyone. Right. But when God can see a... a, a a vein, uh, a, 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 a section of a city, sure. a pocket of a city, that's the word right. I was searching, a pocket of a community that is willing to honor him mm-hmm. and, and raise him up and as a banner of our lives. I believe that, that that's what God is looking for, and, mm-hmm. and probably that's why you see so much spiritual activity f- mm-hmm. for the good taking place throughout right. our community, even, like you said, going up through Austin and beyond. That's good. Now, at the Life Center, you know, you, you, uh, you're the senior pastor there now. Uh, the Lord has taken you from your uh, prolific music mm-hmm. ministry and your worship ministry, 
into now uh, pastoring and, and leading a congregation. Can you tell us a little bit about the Life Center and a little bit about uh, to someone out there that may be listening that they're mm-hmm. looking for a church, what, what your church is all about, maybe sure. a set of core values or, or a vision or mission statement mm-hmm. that you guys really seek to uh, aspire to? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> had my notes with me. But really, basically, it's to grow a kingdom-minded family of believers mm-hmm. who pursue a God-centered life, and we're consistently embracing the presence of God through extravagant worship, the priority of His Word, and the pursuit of relationships through fellowship and intentional outreach. Uh, our people are really engaged in that, mm-hmm. and we're kind of spoiled with the presence of God. We we don't like to have a service where God doesn't show up in an extravagant way. Right. Uh, and so we take our time nurturing His presence through worship, mm-hmm. and we we give God enough room that there may be moments in our service, and, and people... My congregation laughs at me all the time because (laughs) I have my little agenda set up for the service, the Mm. order of service, and and it's like the Lord throws it out the window continually because he may have a prophetic word or he may have a a ministry towards one person or a family, Mm. uh, some direction that we weren't planning for. And Micah, more often than not, it happens within the realm of worship because as we know in Psalm 22, he says that he inhabits the, pra- the right. praises of his people. Right. So when we worship him and we laud him and we, we give him the, the best chair in the house, right. the, the place of honor, well, he moves in and he begins to take over service. And I, I have experienced this and I believe you have too. Mm-hmm. God does church a lot better than you and I yes. do. <laughs> our, all our planning kind of uh, doesn't doesn't even compare to the it presence doesn't. of God. It doesn't. For sure. And so when we give him that kind of room, and now at the Life Center, people have come to expect that. So mm-hmm. our services are very uh, are very loose in that way, although they are structured. Uh, I always have a word prepared. Mm-hmm. But I also, one of the things that early on the Lord spoke into my spirit when I was entrusted to be senior pastor mm-hmm. was the Life Chapel is going to be finding their voice. Mm-hmm. In other words... There is value in what the people of this church now we used it used to be the life chapel now we renamed it to the life center. Mm-hmm. The people of the life center have found their voice, mm. and it's beautiful because especially on Wednesday nights where it's a smaller crowd and people feel more comfortable and engaged in the presence of God and in fellowship. I'll pass the microphone around and people will just raise their hands and they may have a testimony, they may right. have a prayer, they may have a revelation from Scripture wow. uh, or an insight, and, and it just goes around and, and it's, it's like knitting a sweater. Mm-hmm. It all begins to come together in a beautiful, powerful way. And this is really the, the, the character of our church. You know, that's really amazing to hear. And, and I know <clears throat> even some of your elders and, and some of the people that you work with. And what I appreciate about what you've been able to do over there is, is like you said, you, the people have a voice. And, and so many times in churches, we forget that it's not a show. Right. And it's not just uh, a nonprofit organization or a business or what have you. But in actuality, we we have a a mandate to prepare the believer for the work of service right. to equip the saints. Exactly. And uh, you know, I, I really respect your your mindset there to allow the people mm-hmm. a voice and and uh, give them opportunities to 
share the ministry that the Lord's given them. So, And sometimes you get in trouble well, because of you put a microphone in front of somebody and you don't know what's going to come out of their <laughs> mouth. But we just we just have to trust the Lord that right. God's going to honor whatever he's doing. You know? Right. That's very good. What other, uh, if someone were to come to your church and, and visit uh, this Sunday, what would they, what can they expect as far as uh, an experience uh, uh, in the worship service? What, what could they be looking forward to? Well, they can expect to be really warmly greeted by the people because our people just love to receive visitors and, and congregants alike, and, and they're embraced and they're loved. And then they, they can experience worship that is extravagant and unplugged to a great degree where we just embrace the presence of God, hear the word of the Lord, hear the, the word or teaching from the gospel. And then we have people that are ready to pray with, with anyone who needs prayer at the end of each service. So uh, seasoned prayer partners will stand in front and receive and speak into the lives of people. Yeah, you know, a lot of people or a lot of ministries now, they don't have that personal time of prayer. And I know a lot of people, when they go on a Sunday to uh, to church or to on a Wednesday night, they really need that. You yeah, know, they do. really do need to receive some prayer or at least have the opportunity for someone to put their arm around them That's and right. say, you know, it's it's going to be okay. You know, and mm-hmm. have that personal touch from another uh, a brother or a sister in the Lord. So Exactly. Well, can you give us some specifics about service times and, and uh the different things you have going on on a weekly basis there at the Life Center? We have our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we'll go as long as God wants. Okay. And we'll tell people, if you got to leave, go ahead and leave if right. you need to get in the line at Luby's. <laughs> but we'll just go as long as the Lord directs us. And then on Wednesday nights, we have our <coughs> midweek service at 7 p.m. And then we have, on the first Thursdays of every month, we have a men's and a ladies' meeting where they come in and we have refreshments we have a devotional and again continued fellowship so that people get to know each other mm-hmm. and on the second and fourth thursdays we have nights of intercession where we really intercede for either our church uh, the community our nation whatever the lord puts in our heart and these are powerful times in the lord well go ahead i was just going to tell you we're located over on Highway 90 West, just mm-hmm. outside of Loop 1604, mm-hmm. about a mile and a half past Loop 1604, you exit on Montgomery Road, okay. as if you were heading towards Castroville. Okay. Well, uh, Pastor Ruben, you're such a good friend, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being with us uh, today and, and sharing with the listeners out there. Um, really want to invite you all, if you do not have a home church, to join Pastor Ruben and, and his team there at the Life Center. Um, as he mentioned, they're located at 12140 U.S. Highway 90 West, just outside of Loop 1604. You can also call them at 210-677-8181 or visit them on the web at tlclife.org. So, Pastor Ruben, thank you so much for being with us today, and we pray that the Lord continues to bless you and bless everything you put your hands to do. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Church of the Week feature with Pastor Ruben Duarte. I am Micah Coop, and you are listening to AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church 
If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.